fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clare. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Also featuring the talents of Bigfoot as your producer. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watch Den of Thieves, a heist movie in the style of heat, dragged across concrete, and for Parker, Ant-Man. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Which one? hate this show. (laughs) You mean which one? <laughs> the good one. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, what did we think? Initial thoughts on uh, Dead of Thieves? There's a review that just calls it Redbox Heat, and it's the most perfect description, but not in an insulting way. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's actually it's, somehow a compliment. It's yeah. Perfect. It's... Someone died for uh, Parker to see this movie, but uh-huh. uh, it was worth it. Twice. A lot of people out there have dads that don't watch a lot of movies, and sometimes you're just trying to kill an afternoon and get some real family bonding time. If you put on this movie, your dad will love it. I don't care who your dad is. Like, this is the most dad movie I've seen in a I'm long time. Positive. I mentioned this on the show, but, like, my dad has not been to a movie theater, like, since I was a kid. He doesn't watch movies, but when I went there on Christmas, we flipped through all the channels and then gave up and just watched Den of Thieves on cable together. <laughs> it is the most dad movie. My, was, my dad would love this. It is. It's very. There's some lines you're like, oh, I know who this was written for. I know what that yep. joke's for. <laughs> Shout out to all the uncles out there. Yeah. <laughs> cool boy. Yeah. A lot of similarities between this and Dried Across Concrete. Okay, uh, Parker, well, do we have any news? No, movies don't come out anymore. <laughs> There's no news. <laughs> I, I keep thinking every once in a while there'll be some funny happens or something. I guess not. Look, all I know is sometimes you're like, I gotta stay off the internet, man. Everything's terrible. I wake up one day, open my phone, the first thing I read is, Joe Exotic caught coronavirus in prison. And I just shut my phone. I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like, what are we doing? My brain is short-circuiting. I like how we have to text each other what day it is to remember when to record. Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I'm finally getting the hang of it, but only because I have assignments due on certain days of the week, so I have to get the hang of it. I'm, I'm glad you got something going on. Okay, so... Uh, not much, trust me. Yeah, either way... Uh, do we have any jerks of the week? Always. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Oh. <laughs> Alright, look, this is a very difficult segment now that we don't interact with other human beings. Well, except for Parker. Who saw that one coming? But, uh, right. <laughs> my jerk of the week is my, uh, my buddy that, that asked me to, uh, take him to get his wisdom teeth removed tomorrow. He's like, you know, he, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, you're, you don't have anything going on right now, like, do you mind taking me? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem, man, I'm, get, I'm glad to help out. And then he's like, cool, I was gonna ask my mom to do it, but I thought it was too risky. Oh, no. So I guess I'm that expendable. Well, I, well, <laughs> we know where we stand. I'm gonna be honest, that's, that's not no, the it's, worst it's, jerk of the week we've ever heard. Uh, I'll accept it, but, you know. <laughs> it's it's correct logic, don't get me wrong, but, you know. Okay. Uh, Parker, who's your jerk of the week? Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to this fine director. 
I made a choice this week that I have regretted ever since. Okay. I, I, I made a choice two weeks ago that I have regretted the whole time, and I'm very excited to talk to one Parker Clyer about. Uh, <laughs> I... I'm happy Pepe right now. <laughs> I, Chris, I hope to God he hasn't seen it. Is it, oh, this fuck. is the one that you... Uh, yeah, I talked to you about this specifically. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, I, me I mentioned this on the episode. I did God not reveal what movie it was. I, re- okay. I did not reveal. So. Okay. Uh, I'd be so week. disappointed when he said it, when he's heard it. <laughs> yeah. My jerk of the week uh, is also the lead actor of the first movie that I watched. So this will begin my recently watched... My jerk of the week is Maurice Chevalier. Uh, this is some French guy you can say. who uh, he started in a movie from 1932 called Love Me Tonight. Uh, Parker, we're going to no. talk a lot about movies that you would not enjoy at all. And oh. right <laughs> One there of those weeks, was it? List, <laughs> right there at the top of the list would be a little movie called Love Me Tonight. It's actually an American movie that takes place in France, so it would be like... Uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast would be a good example. So no one in the movie really talks with a French accent besides uh, Lumiere, I guess. And in this movie, uh, Maurice Chevalier, who talked like this the entire movie, and it's the most irritating fucking thing in the movie. Man, I hate uh, the sound of this a lot. <laughs> you would not enjoy this movie. So uh, He's like talking like the Pink Panther. This movie's pretty funny. <laughs> Man, uh, what gave it away? Why don't you think you'll like it? I don't understand. Well, I like this movie for two reasons. One, it's a black-white movie from 1932, so it's my wheelhouse. And two, Myrna Loy. Uh, she's actually really good in this. Uh, she's she's really funny. But, yeah, Parker, if if the Cowboys take someone really bad in the draft, oh, boy. I don't think oh, I, I agree to any of these terms. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll get down a, uh, some sort of draft betting structure. Especially oh, God, now that yeah. it might go three extra rounds. Uh, <laughs> More darfed, please. <laughs> that is going to be our thing. We're going to hashtag that. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> okay, so uh, I actually finally did get a chance to watch Onward. It's pretty good. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, there's a couple things i got to mention about it. I wouldn't, co- I wouldn't put it as like great. I wouldn't put it in the same conversation as like Wally or anything like that. But uh, there are a lot of things that do work. I like the tale of brotherhood that they have. I like the fact that it's an adventure movie. Parker, you said something like years ago that really stuck with me that there aren't really a whole lot of really great adventure movies anymore. And I think the last really great one that we all agree on would be 1999's The Mummy. And uh, this feels like an adventure movie in its own context and everything. I like the visual gags as well. Uh, none of the written jokes work, but the visual gags are really good. Uh, the performances are all good with one major exception. Chris Pratt. I don't know what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to do Jack Black by way of Ryan Reynolds. Dude. And it's the most boring fucking voice. Oh my god. That just I haven't soul. seen that movie, but I look at that character and I go, well, that's Jack Black, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, Jack, that looks Jack like Black is in his 60s, made, right? That looks like fucking someone just took his character in Brutal Legend and was like, oh, what if he was a Shrek monster? Like, this yeah. this movie came out in 2005. There's a thousand percent it's written for Jack Black. It's not even offered to anyone else. Yeah, so that's the problem, is you see that character and you want to hear Jack Black's voice come out of it. Because Chris Pratt's voice doesn't fit the character. So you're like, I want to hear this, well, not very pleasant voice come out of it, but instead of hearing just regular old Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt sounds too normal for the movie. And it just doesn't 
work for that character and it's such a heartbreaking thing but again the visual gags are definitely worth it there's a couple ones that made me like laugh really loud out so i i would recommend onward i think it's a very good movie uh but the chris pratt thing really sinks it which is a shame i actually kind of like him as an actor but this one it's maybe it's the design doesn't fit the voice i don't know uh, what, what it is about Onward, but like I just I feel nothing. Like it's on Disney Plus now. When I open my PS4 and you go to the media tab, it's like, hey, just click here, you can watch it. I'm like, uh, maybe someday. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like the I would say that the emotional climax of the movie is a thousand percent worth it. There is a real tearjerker moment in uh, that was almost as much of a tearjerker moment as Coco, uh, which very very high praise. I like uh, uh, I like yeah, the movie a lot. I really do. But. Uh, okay. The Chris Question. Pratt yeah, answer. <laughs> what was the last good Chris Pratt movie? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, 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 that's not true. Avengers Endgame Defemnize Cut. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, had, you lost <laughs> me, then you got me back. <laughs> All right, so, so you know, you, you say that you're pro Chris Pratt, but what if I told I you... So. He's going to be starring in an upcoming movie titled Don't do it. Don't do Cowboy it. Ninja Viking. Oh, that sounds epic. Are there any pirates in there? I guess we'll have to wait and find out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we call sequel bait. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't sounds... think I've ever done a 180 as fast on an actor as I did Chris Pratt. Yeah. But also, on the show Parks and Rec in general. That thing aged like fucking milk. It is unwatchable. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like that show to begin with, but I did think his outtakes were pretty funny. I remember enjoying it, watched it all the way... I actually didn't even finish it. Watched it most of the way through once or twice, and I've tried to go back. It's like, man, this is... I could never get into that show, and I really liked the first five seasons of The Office. After that, I kind of just didn't care anymore. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't work for me either. I'm with you there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one more that I want to get to, too, that I've revisited. So, uh, Parker, you're kind of kicking my ass on the whole horror movie list. Uh... But Correct. we don't really know who's winning because of some of the movies you've been watching. Uh, I watched a movie that I've never seen before, and I don't know if you've seen it before, so let me know. I watched the original cut of the Amityville Horror. Ugh. What a fucking slug. I, I guess you have seen it then. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, boring. The Amityville Horror is not a good movie. And Correct. I'm not entirely sure why, A, it made a whole ton of money, and B, why it spawned so many sequels, besides the fact that, Parker, I think you said the town's not copyrighted, so they could just yeah, do it. you can't just be like, you can just call it anime. We could call this the Amityville Podcast. Like, it's just a fucking city. Uh, <laughs> we uh, do that. There's, there's a house, it takes place on this street, and it's got those weird windows, and sometimes at night, the window, the picture frames fall off. There might be a ghost in here. Eat my ass. I, I saw the bridges. Amityville <laughs> Island, which has a shark on the cover. I'm like, ooh, that looks like a future. Ooh, won't be fooled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Makes one of us. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Amityville I'll be Horror. fooled. <laughs> there is precisely one scare in that movie that actually works. Uh, the scare is when the house says, get out, to Rod Steger. Oscar winner, Rod Steger. Uh, because it says it in this voice that's actually really scary like it's it's mixed really really loud but that also speaks to the problem with the whole movie is the whole movie is loud noises the movie and that's just kind of annoying it's not even scary it's just kind of dumb and stupid there's one scene in which james brolin views like a version of himself that's not scary it feels like a, a stephen king knockoff and this is a year after stephen king's first movie came out uh i 
really don't see what people like about this. And it's every single thing that this movie tries to do, Poltergeist did a thousand times better. I'm not even like the biggest Poltergeist fan or anything, but it's just... I, I, I don't see the appeal of this at all. I'm sure the 2005 remake is a lot better. I will never find out. Starring... I don't want to know. Shit. I don't Ryan know. Reynolds. Oh, God. <laughs> uh. The only thing I remember about the Amityville Horror is Roland's <laughs> beard and hair. It is... Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite just, powerful. I'm glad that you talked about a scene where a house says get out to somebody, because having never seen this movie, I just instantly imagined it in Snoop Dogg's voice. <laughs> I, I will say this. Josh Brolin should have never moved into Jimmy Bones' neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. The way the house says get out is... Uh, that one got me. That one got me as, as about as well as the Black Sclera scene did in Gonjam Hanad Asylum. So uh, I God, do not I recommend the empty full horror. And in fact, I don't think I recommend horror movies. Just uh, do something else. Chris, you know that feeling when you open up Twitter and you just see you Night of the Hunter remake in the works and then you close Twitter and just think about life? Because that's what I just experienced <laughs> ten minutes ago. God. No. Just in case you were having a good night. I was. Speaking of not liking horror movies. Oh, Jesus. Well, speaking of old movies... One of the ones you like. Hey, you know how you like old movies? Let's fuck this one up, too. <laughs> All right, I changed my mind. My jerk of the week is the guy I talked to earlier this week who really, really liked the Blair Witch remake. What? Wasn't oh, me. Fuck. <laughs> wasn't this guy for once. <laughs> it was great because, like, he, he just dropped that bomb, and I was like, so you didn't see the first one until you were, like, in your 20s, right? And he's like, yeah, actually. I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, that makes sense then. Jesus. Book of Shadows is better than that third one. All right. So uh, my favorite part of the Blair Witch Project is the screaming noises, <laughs> throwing things at the camera. I really like Fuck the club that. scene where they're just in like. Pulsing. I've heard that about you. Yeah. I know this about you personally. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one of the things I've been trying to do is I've been trying to revisit movies from just a short while ago, movies that I've already seen, but I want to get another perspective on. Like maybe does it hold up well? Maybe I didn't give it a fair shot the first time. Do I still like it as much as I first did? It's kind of like revisiting the draft from like the NFL from a, like a few years ago. Did the this draft, pan out for yeah. the team? So uh, the first one I did this with was a movie that came out two years ago called Roma. It's uh, a Mexican movie, and it came out on Netflix. And it was, uh... <laughs> I mean, that sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we, okay, I understand you drew the racism straw today, but uh, the... hey, no fair. You cheated. <laughs> Roma is... It's okay. It's fine. It doesn't, Boring as sin. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, someone said it's kind of like if Federico Fellini was still directing today. I was like, yeah, it's like if a corpse was directing. Uh, I think my Forgotten. favorite way to put it is a lot of people have commented on femininity that's in this movie. And this is a cause like, wow, women have it so hard. To which I would like to respond, no, 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 no. This woman has it hard. This woman specifically. Not all you other women in Sex in the City. The, you guys live very different lives. This is the type of feminism that Sex in the City never told you about. So, uh, this is Somebody a. Can tell Chris about the wage gap? This week's Keeping It What Goes Wrong goes to my friend Chris Field for not uh, leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing about Roma is. I, I remember it was getting huge praise, uh, and I remember watching it and not really getting it. And everyone say, "Oh yeah, it's so great." I remember when I first saw it, I had to, I had to walk outside, and it just affected me so personally. There is no Who are way. Were these people? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like there is no way that you're going to buy this on Blu-ray, right? There's no way that you're going to be like, "Yeah, this is a treasured part of my collection." Not come on. 
I this isn't I, I, I don't know that I call it a great movie. I can understand it's well made, it's very well shot, and I, I I don't think it holds up very well at all. In fact, I didn't really like it very much to begin with, so my opinion stays the same. Uh, one of the ones I rewatched uh, was La La Land, because I remember when it came out, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, that's Are you good. trying to kill Alex this week? <laughs> uh, no, Parker, I'm trying to kill you. Parker, you didn't see La La Land, did you? Uh, this feels like a trick. Did you? I don't remember <laughs> if you did. I walked downstairs one day. My mom was watching a pirated version on her iPad. She just muttered, it's fucking stupid. And that's my experience with La La Land. <laughs> Parker, now I, I'll say this. I really like La La Land, and I think you would despise it. I think he Correct. would hate every second of I, it. Uh, I, I don't know if he would hate it. Like, it's a competently made movie. Like, it's it's I, hard to hate La La Land. I think he would hate it because it's a musical and people sing and everyone has a good time. And the problem. No yeah, okay, me big, like, Hold up, hold up. Can I describe One the of the fatal here? flaws of this movie is that there's not enough songs. Like, well, there's, there's it's a musical music. for like 30 minutes and then they just stop. Now, Parker, let, really, let me tell you really something. It's really jarring. No one gets shot with a shotgun. There are no giant monsters in this. There are no samurai swords in this. And it's However, when does the maniac cop show up? Yeah, there However, are no maniac cops in this. Ryan Gosling does save jazz music, so you know. Yeah, you got that kind of talking. Uh, yeah, I like it. I, I like Ryan Gosling because he's a lot funnier than I remembered. I like this actually a little bit more than I did when I first saw it. Because when I first saw it, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, but Emma Stone's really funny. Ryan Gosling's really funny. They're, I like the romance that goes on between them. I like the music that's in there, besides the John Legend part. Uh, which is a fine enough song. Oh, but the I thought you said are, I drew the racist the are Awful. <laughs> uh, I, I, like, uh, I like the dance sequences, which is saying a lot for me, because I usually don't go for that sort of thing in movies. But uh, the, the movie is missing one thing that it really needs, and that's people... Like shouting at each other. Sasquatch. It takes place in LA. You know? These people, they start dancing on their cars. I swear to God, someone would be screaming at them. There is nowhere near <laughs> Chris would just be them. sitting in his car honking, going, not realistic. No, that'd be my dad. Like, it's like, I'm very happy I did not watch this with my dad. He was like, if someone got on my car, I swear to God. <laughs> I pull out the gun. <laughs> my dad no, just What's the music you're uh... playing? Just play the right fucking notes, Chris. <laughs> Chris, oh, you're absolutely right about Ryan Gosling being, like, legitimately funny in this movie. Like, this is probably the most human he's been in any movie that I've seen him in. Because, like, one of the things, I don't know if it's a typecasting thing or what, but he often plays, like, extremely wooden characters. And he's very good at it. Like, he's very good at doing the stoic thing. Yeah. My problem with this movie was not any of the acting. It was... Did this movie really expect me to like his character? His character was an asshole. Oh, I wanted yeah. him to be miserable at the end. There is and, and a like, moment in the movie, uh, I think right at the beginning of the third act is where I'd put it, where he he says some things where you can't unring that bell. And right. I, I, I mean, I got mad. I got mad along with Emma Stone at him. But, boy, it, it's very hard for me to get back on his side later on, you know? And I, I feel like fundamentally the movie doesn't work if you don't like his character at least a little bit. And, like, I had the same problem with this that I had with Breaking Bad. Where it's like, the character does one irredeemably stupid thing, and it's like, alright, I'm out on this character forever, you can't win me back. That's more or less how I feel about, uh, it's gonna be kind of a hard, jarring tonal shift here, but that's kind of how I feel about rape scenes. There's... Uh, a really good movie called Once Upon a Time in America and at one point the lead character commits a rape and 
that's like midway through the movie. I can't get back on his side anymore. I don't right. want to see him anymore. I want to see him get shot. You know? It's just awful. But this one, it's obviously not as bad as a rape, but what he says is really, really obnoxious. And that's the nicest way I could put it. There's no yeah. excuse for what he says. I was I was out on his character before that scene even happened. Oh. Like when he doesn't when he doesn't show up to a recital, I'm like, all right, this guy's dead to me. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like literally nothing else. I, in this, I movie matters. this I, character is just he's just like draw a solid line through his name. He's done. Well, see, that's the thing is like one of the things that the movie does well is it's more or less a recreation of some of the classic musicals from the past. It couldn't be more clear from the opening title, uh, the way that it yeah. puts him. Like, oh, I get what you're you don't to do. say. Uh, but what it uh, what it does. In that way, where he's like, where he doesn't show up to recital, it's just like, oh, that's a scene where you know he's at his lowest and he has to, you know, he has to make it up to her somehow. He has to find a way to do that. And like, I could almost see that until I saw him with that stupid hat and pair of sunglasses. That right there, <laughs> forget it. Not with that suit and tie, sir. So uh, I, I will say I like the work that goes into this. A lot of people worked really hard at I agree. Uh, performances. I like Ryan Gosling learning how to play the piano like that was fantastic. Uh, I will say shout out to <laughs> shout out to the writer from The Haunting of Sharon Tate show, showing up as uh, the writer in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same guy, but I'm going to call him the Martin Shkreli guy anyway. I, I will uh, I, I will say one positive thing about this movie: the scene where. Uh, Ryan Gosling's shitty band that he's in to pay the bills is like playing that house party and Emma Stone makes him play Tainted Love is real good. <laughs> like, it's a real good scene. Wait, does she make him play Tainted I thought she is made it... him play Iran by Flock of Seagulls. Oh, right, yeah, it's Iran. Whatever, it's, it's basically the same. That is such a funny scene, too. That <laughs> is so good. Yeah. It, 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 uh, like, in my opinion, that's the best scene in the movie. That, like, that's, that's so well there. executed. But her face as she's dancing to it is like... It's maybe the meanest thing that she's ever done. Maybe she does deserve his harsh words later on in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, I chase him I should watch it. Anyway, uh, right. the next movie is one that I didn't get to watch yet, but this is more or less what I'm trying to do with movies I've already seen recently. The next one that I'm going to try to do is Get Out, which I've already seen twice. I want to see it a third, because I, I liked it so much the first time. I was like, I should see that again. But there's been so many memes that have come out about it. So many people have talked about it. It's been a few years. I want to see, is it still as good? So that'll be the next one on the list. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? All right. So uh, a bit of house cleaning here first. There are a couple movies that I think Chris has been waiting for me to talk about for approximately four months. I almost thought you forgot about them. <laughs> no, dude. I never, never. Okay. An elephant never forgets. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, I'll start with Good Night and Good Luck. Yes. Boy, I sure do wish Steven Spielberg watched this movie before he made the post. <laughs> that's a stinging post. indictment. Jesus, yeah. that's a movie I... That's a movie like, I forgot existed. Yep. I mean, so, this movie is, like, so far in my wheelhouse, it's ridiculous. It's, like, all of the things that I like about movies. It was pretty much a given that if they didn't fuck this up that I was going to like it. But that's also the same thing I could say about The Post, which is like, fuck, the fact that I, of all people, don't like The Post says everything that needs to be said about that fucking movie. Like, I am so, like, like just give me a bunch of dudes in stupid hats smoking and banging on typewriters and I will watch, like, fucking 30 hours of it. Like, I don't even care. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just such a wonderful aesthetic for movies. And... Yeah, good movie. The black turns and white out helps too. Pretty yeah. good. 
the black and white is very effective in this. And I can say that, like, like I had seen this before. It had been a, a long while. Like, I had forgotten. I, I remember, like, the basic conceit of the movie, but I had mm-hmm. forgotten basically everything that happens in it. Like, when the last scene of the movie happens and the placard comes up with directed by George Clooney, I was legitimately surprised. Like, I had forgotten about that entirely. It's like, okay, maybe he directs something good every once in a while. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, wow, maybe he's a really good director. Then I looked at the rest of his filmography. Next week's episode, that fucking Coen Brothers movie that he directed that is unwatchable, that I can't remember the name of right now. I can't remember the name of it either. What was that? Suburbicon? Suburbicon sounds right, yeah. Oh, God. I saw one trailer for that and went, that looks terrible, and then saw everyone attach and went... Maybe it's good, and then I never heard it about it again. Oh, oh I heard plenty about it. Plenty of very, very negative things. There was a lot of, like, worst movie of that year buzz I heard for that. And, like, I, yeah, my... we'll, pencil, we'll pencil that in. Uh, well, <laughs> it'll be in Chris and I's future, at least. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Man vs. Snake. Yes! I... I... I'm really glad that, you know, the snake was dead after what it did. <laughs> that does it, help. But, uh, if it helps. Uh, it, it really does help. No, like, like this was this was legitimately a lot of fun. Like, I, I had a good time with this. Um, Talk about him. I know this has been said, but, like, <laughs> man, every time I heard Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> every single time. Like, There's half the reason I recommended it to you. <laughs> I I kind of figured that. Like, it is. It's legitimately a good experience. Billy Mitchell should be in every movie. Like, <laughs> yes. How has he not been in Star Wars? It's <laughs> a good question. Like, I don't remember most of that movie, but I just remember him showing up like, you know, actually, yeah, I, I inspired him to go out there and do that. All right, bye. <laughs> what, what a fucking king. But that, like, but most I... of all, the other half the reason, I want to hear you talk about the bad boy of gaming. <laughs> He's <laughs> the coolest person that's ever lived. Fuck, I might watch this again. <laughs> I might buy the Blu-ray if it's even out on Blu-ray because it's one of my all-time favorite documentaries. I don't think I don't think I've ever been so jealous of somebody that plays video games semi-professionally. <laughs> what an absolute cool fucking person. He fucking enters the frame like eat that pussy after an Eagles win. <laughs> He's just so Man. full of swagger. <laughs> It's <laughs> just the pics of him in the past cut to him as present day Eddie Furlong. Fucking owns. <laughs> it's God, we're so cool. I'm getting so hyped again. I know. <laughs> that legitimately could have been an episode. Eh, possibly. Yeah. I could talk about him for hours. That, that, down the line, we've seen it too recently. Yeah, yeah, we can we can put it in the back pocket, yeah. like so many movies that we say this about and then forget because we don't write anything down ever. Oops. Correct. <laughs> all right so uh a bit more housekeeping here this being movies that parker talked about fairly recently that i happened to watch much oh, like him back oh, to back <laughs> so uh god i didn't even write down the name of it that rapey bigfoot movie he talked about oh yeah you hate to see it which, don't you which one was that <sighs> what's it called parker <sighs> it's called like oh god no or something like that oh right, right, right that, yeah. that sounds right yeah the one that was like 18 rape scenes away from being our perfect Bigfoot movie. It was so close. I mean, I I wouldn't go that far with it because like I said to you while I was watching it, the problem with Grindhouse movies is all of the Grindhouse parts. Like, they're just not good in any way. Correct. 
I understand it's a stylistic choice, but your stylistic choice is bad and wrong, much like reggaeton. <laughs> that's that's, like, that's how I feel. About it. Like, I mean, like, okay, it's funny the first time that there are like strippers wearing Richard Nixon masks, but when it goes on into like minute six, it's like, all right, man, we get it. Like, oh yeah, gore and tits, isn't that what all the people want? Like, fuck off, dweebs. Like, like we get it. You watched yeah. a movie from the seventies once. Like, stop. I'm a person who does not turn off movies. If I had not known the twist, I would have not made it through ten minutes of that. It's fucking unwatchable. Other than the greatest reveal in cinema history. So it has its merits. Number one, of course, being the bikers snorting cocaine swastikas, which is just... (laughs) That's good. So fucking extra. Like, so, you know, I I was talking to you as I watched this movie, and you revealed that it was, in fact, the movie that you had watched recently, which I did not realize, you know, for the first, like, 25 minutes of this movie before you said this to me. I appreciate your excitement. (laughs) We're sitting around watching it, and uh, <laughs> the 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 consensus in the room is basically, "Wow, these bikers are actually pretty cool. Like, I kind of like them. I hope they win in the end." And then they start doing rapes, oh, and it's like, "Oh, well." <laughs> and uh, you really emphasize the plural, because boy, that's like the second act of the movie. It's it's only like five minutes of the movie, it but feels, it is the movie feels eight hours long. It's like five consecutive minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, like it's... you don't you don't get a break from the raping. It's it's rough, <laughs> but that fucking ending is fantastic. <laughs> like you get like can an I... hour into this. Un- Actually, yeah, you go ahead. You're fresh on it. I can. I, I'm assuming I can spoil this movie that no one will ever or should ever watch. But like. This is, like, one of those movies where, like, it's set up, you know, you have people dying, like, the Squatch gets unleashed, there's demonic possession of some sort, the the nice old doctor that lives in the woods turns out to be a Nazi scientist for reasons, uh, and we have a character who is basically our final girl, who, like, the, the whole movie, she's, like, getting mad at the people that are, like, fucking with this Sasquatch. She's like, no, he's my friend, like, leave him alone, and, like, this and that. And so she's running from the biker gang boss leader, the last two people alive. Like, she's, like, trying to get away from him. Sasquatch shows up, murders the biker gang leader. She looks at him, and she's like, thank you so much for saving me. And then he just decapitates her and carries her head with him into the credit scene. Like, <laughs> very good. Like, even the squash reveal, like, there's the hint of, like, there's something in the basement. And then, like, 70 minutes into the movie, a guy's just standing in front of a window... And he just bursts through like the Kool-Aid man and drags him into the woods. Like, it's right there. It's so close to being something. (laughs) Except for, you know, all Grindhouse movies always have been dog shit. I will die on that hill, too. If, uh... If there hadn't been, like, a little teaser of the incoming Squatch, like, like minute five, that reveal would have been incredible. Like, just putting that on for people that didn't know it was gonna be a Sasquatch movie. And you know what? You're absolutely right. We absolutely could make a surprise Squatch movie. And maybe it's for the best like, that this one didn't quite work out. We still have yeah, an open shot at it. The movie looks like it was made for twelve dollars. Like this is this is clearly doable. Yeah. Like, it needs an Indiegogo and like I don't know, like some rich dentist friends like Sam Raimi. Like yeah, we can do it. <laughs> we'll get to work on this. It's fine. We have a lot of free time on our hands right now. Mm-hmm. And also, the woods are completely empty. So you know. You say that. 
<laughs> on Let's the get to what I want to fucking talk about. <laughs> we will talk about that. Give me, give me one second because uh, I do have to give a shout out to my girlfriend right here, who uh, was watching some shitty cooking show on Netflix as she is apropos to do, and called me incredibly excited to tell me that one of the cooks on this show was a Sasquatch enthusiast who said he was baking for Sasquatch. <laughs> I asked her to send me a picture of him. He's wearing the hat. Oh, yeah! He's wearing the hat! <laughs> Tell her I'm glad she watched my video, but also like and subscribe if she wants to. Shout out to a real one. Yeah. I'm just glad that I'm so readily identifiable with Bigfoot at this point that people will go out of their way to be like, hey, somebody talked about Bigfoot, this shitty Netflix show you'll never watch. My favorite thing is wearing That's... the hat to work and people ask me, like, so do you like actually believe in Bigfoot? My immediate response is, why? Have you seen him? Where is he? <laughs> Do you not? Leave him alone. He's social distancing. Oh, you can't see gravity, but you believe in that? Hmm. <laughs> hey, you want to explain magnets to magnets to me, fuckface? Exactly. Tide goes in, tide goes out. You can't explain it. <laughs> Water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets, how do they work? <laughs> Alright, what else did you watch? Alright, so... so <laughs> I know Parker's just as excited. I'm vibrating in my seat. I'm so excited. <laughs> you guys, Smiley is so fucking good. You watch Smiley, Smiley is a thousand percent an episode. It's so fucking good. It was funny listening to to Parker talk about it on that previous episode, and just like he's like, "This movie sucks. No one's ever gonna watch it." But like, here's the stuff that happened, and I heard this, and of course, my ears perk up immediately. Oh, yeah, I know who I was oh, talking to in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is uh, surely it can't possibly be as bad as he says it is. Like there have to be some redeeming qualities. Imagine ever doubting and us. Boy, are there redeeming qualities. <laughs> this movie is. So so good it is like the perfect so bad it's good like the thing you search for all the time like i want to watch a piece of shit but they always end up being boring which i will get to later but yeah. smiley <laughs> is so pure it's it so is stupid. like it's the right length it has every character that i want that movie to have like the fact that there's just like random like youtube stars like peppered into the movie people that i'm not familiar with but other people would point out and go oh it's that guy that like vlogs for three million viewers i'm like okay sure whatever i'll take your word for it you're probably not making that up like those dudes are just around there's that fucking professor who's in the movie for basically <laughs> no reason other than to be creepy and display his chest hair like it's just it's got everything like, I want. I had forgotten that an hour into the movie, she meets Detective Keith David. <laughs> Being at work and hearing in my headphones Keith David say, for the lols, I I ascended this mortal plane. I'm no longer one of you. Like, I knew the ending was coming. And even so, that is one of the funniest endings to a movie I've ever seen. The way the she fact just unceremoniously just eats shit. Just not even that part. The fact that this movie really tried to have a message about, like, 4chan and internet bullying, despite being this movie. Like, <laughs> the, the monologue the... as delivered by Shane Dawson. <laughs> fucking good movie dude i've never seen more fake out jump scares in my life and all i do is watch shitty horror movies it's like 
there were other people that were watching with us who were, let's just say, uh, not well versed in garbage. Their and brains they're have like, more ridges in yeah. them. And they're just like, why is the acting in this movie so bad? And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, the acting in this movie's not even that bad. <laughs> like, this oh, is, like it. it's like, this you, is like... You cowards. <laughs> you all cowards don't even smoke crack. Like, <laughs> you don't know. This is the fucking... <laughs> when, they go, when they go to that anonymous party, ten minutes into the movie, like, this girl thinks she's going to her first college party with her new roommate, and the roommate's like, well, actually, it's this party on... It's on the other side of campus. It's uh, Are you familiar with anonymous? And, like, they go to this party, and it's these mostly normal-looking people, and this dude with skater bangs shows up, and then they start throwing trash at him and calling him Pedo Bear. Like, it's so I, good. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> that movie is sublime trash. That's the only just, way to describe it. I really appreciate the uh, the the guy in the opening scene that like orders Smiley to do the first kill, all in air quotes. The fact that that scene played and then that guy was at the party ten minutes later and somebody I was watching with went, "Hey, look, it's you with hair." Like that's all I needed. <laughs> I think, like, low-key, one of the best things about Smiley, and I mentioned this in the Discord when we were watching it, like, when movies come out on Blu-ray, they'll have, like, five stars, all these reviews. For Smiley, there's just a giant, massive red banner at the top that says, over 30 million trailer views. So, you know, <laughs> we're cooking with fire, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it is profoundly stupid. I forgot that they it all is. call each other by their fortune names. Yeah, yeah, they they don't use real names other than our main character, the only actual human being in this movie. When when we get the fucking reveal of like she's been getting harassed by like you know this serial killer allegedly, so she goes to her school psychiatrist and then just like emotion dumps like here are all these emotional problems I had in high school and you just go oh that was a curveball I wasn't expecting from this movie, <laughs> and then it just gets worse. Like, I. <laughs> You guys, Smiley like, I, is so good. We literally cannot overstate how many times they say for the lulls. You physically could not do a drinking game. Let me put it this way. It would kill you. Our main character at the end of this movie is she's, you know, I wouldn't say piecing things together, but trying to piece things together. She finds out that one of the other characters in the movie has not been heard from in a while and isn't picking up his phone. And you guys, he's never late for our video chats. So she goes to his house. She walks in the door and somebody has painted I did it for the lulls in blood on the wall. Like, it's... I'm going to make that my new wallpaper. That shot is impeccable. It is one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. But I... I watched it a second time. How many people can say that? <laughs> as soon as you said you're watching it, I demanded a link. I drained yeah. my entire phone battery watching it. <laughs> it is like, so good. And the thing is, like, if you don't want to spend money, and, like, by all means, you should not spend money to watch this movie, but, like, it's really difficult to find. Like, we spent, like... 45 minutes trying to find a workable version of this movie to watch because we had stuttered through the first like we stuttered through the cold open of this movie and seen that there was a serial killer that appeared on fake chat roulette and killed you if, if the person you were chatting with typed I did it for the lulls three times to you and went well that's enough we have to but, find this now but Alex like, you have to really want them to die you, <laughs> you have to mean it or else he won't come up <laughs> 
there is so much in this movie that makes like negative sense if you think about it for even half a second and that's exactly what i wanted from a movie about 4chan i love the professor that has two scenes where he just gives expositions like hey guys this is the theme of the movie and then his third scene's like what if i just really comfortably hit on you for a while yeah. <laughs> sorry about your dead friends maybe we yeah. could uh talk afterwards like <laughs> what <laughs> he's the only actor over like 25 that's not keith david yeah. <laughs> Smiley is an absolute treasure. A Everyone should episode. see it. Whenever this gets some like sweaty horror company like re-release on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, please let me know. Like oh I need God. a copy of this oh, in yeah, my house. I'll be there. <laughs> this is like the kind of movie that I'm so excited in like five years. Like have a bunch of like drunk people over at my house and be like, no, 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 guys, let me, let me, I'll, let me just put this on. Like even just watching it through Discord, the joy of seeing people's reactions in real time, just thinking like. Oh, just you fucking wait. <laughs> oh, oh, little birdies keep chirping. It's feeding time. I'll, it's coming. I'll have you know, it's been almost a week, and I'm still just randomly getting DMs that say nothing but I did it for the lulls. <laughs> so. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> I cannot believe the stream cut off, like, right before the finale. <laughs> Someone goes, there's only 16 minutes left with credits. How are they going to wrap this up? And I just started cackling. <laughs> like, oh, buddy, you'll fucking see. <laughs> it is... So, so, so good. That monologue. And now, for a movie that is not good. Parker. Oh, fuck. My friend. No. Have you ever seen Tank Girl? (sighs) Damn it. No. Oh! I've dug my own grave, but no. The worst word you've ever said on this podcast. Chris has been threatening this as an episode for like two and a half years. So I it, will not be there. I don't know if I threatened this in an episode. I know I threatened this as an assignment. Look. Okay. Damn it. Let me. Let me back I'm up incredibly for one aware of it because. It would have been like an, an episode where we visuals. would just eviscerate it because, as I told uh, Alex, I'm not exactly a fan of this movie. <laughs> Look, I've seen. Ice T is the kangaroo man. And I was like, I'm not ever watching this movie. Was it Ice T or okay. Ice Cube? It is Ice T. <laughs> It is it is J Bone of Heaven. Trust me. <laughs> and that is also how I was roped into watching this. Because somebody's like, "Hey, you guys want to watch this movie Tank Girl? Like, look at this picture of Ice T as a kangaroo." I'm like, "Well, I, I can't say no to that, you know." What could possibly go wrong? <sighs> Man, Ice T as a kangaroo. I feel like more people would talk about this if it was any good. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Parker, let me give you the one line premise of this movie. <laughs> what if? Mad Max, but with Harley Quinn. No, thank you. You can keep that. No, thanks. It is... I'm hesitant to say the most dire thing I've ever watched, but it's the most dire thing I've ever watched. Like... I don't think so there's any it's one good of those... moments in it. The content of Damocles just hanging over my head now. <laughs> Great. So, ignore, ignoring the fact that she just talks like that the whole movie and when i say like that i think parker you can visualize it fairly well audioize it's one of those like it's one of those mid-90s female empowerment movies where the only empowerment that's actually being done is i can't believe all these men want to do sexual assault on us and that's just like the first 30 minutes of the movie is just like oh you better uh you better fix this jet aircraft in the middle of the desert or i'm gonna fuck you it's like a lot of that it's not great and she's just 
talking like that. <laughs> and Parker, like, you know Lori Petty, right? You know her voice. I do. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I'm. Oh, it's I'm not. I would not call this her voice. This is <laughs> this is a very Josh's cousin voice that we're getting in this movie. Now. It's like, Lori Petty funny. doing a Lori Petty impression. And it's like, you know, for a while, it's like, like in the movies being played straight, and it's like, oh, these people live in the desert and they don't have any water because the corporations took it over because the world ended, and now the corporations are going to come to their house and murder them. And man, it really sucks that she sounds like this, but maybe this is going somewhere. And then they capture her, and it's just very strange and rapey. And but she's, you know, she's a bad bitch who, you know, mouths off and sasses them, and then kicks one of them in the face and breaks a guy's neck with their thighs, because you know that's, you know, yeah, women empowerment. Woo. Yeah. And and like this is like the first first act of the movie, and whatever, like it's not my cup of tea, but I can see why this movie might have a cult following. And then there's a song and dance scene. Oh, this God. fucking thing. Fucking damn it. Oh, and I just... I literally, like, cannot put into words how shitty this is. Because then they meet the kangaroo people. And they're like... I swear, like, I, I might have heard this wrong. But, like, my understanding is that these people who are, like, portrayed as, like, the savages throughout the entire, like, part of the movie, before they send Lori Petty in to, like, dig a hole into their secret base, but then the kangaroo people blow them up and Bob Evil's arm gets blown off and they find it. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyway, they're in the, the evil kangaroo people's base, and it turns out, oh, no, these guys were just, like, science experiments of the company, and actually they're not the bad guys. They're just, like, humans that got crossed with dog DNA, and now they have to live underground, and they have to search for water and fight the bad corporation, and fucking whatever. But I swear to God, one of the guys, while he's hitting on one of the female characters, is like, yeah, I used to be a dog. <laughs> I'm like, exhausted. <laughs> I, I it, we're like forty minutes into the movie at this point. There have been no good jokes to this point. There have been. There have been a lot of jokes. Yeah, there have been jokes. jokes. Not. I would not say not any of them that you would laugh at. So, like, you guys remember how much you hated that Harley Quinn animated movie that was like eighty-six minutes long? Yeah, if that, yeah. like, probably sub eighty. And how, like, I was like the saving grace of this movie is it's just like over in the time that it took to watch an episode of tv so like i didn't i like i didn't have time to get mad at it i guess yeah this is like an actual full-length movie that's just that what did you think about the animated sequences oh my god why were there so many animated sequences (laughs) well see it's based on a comic book but i think the guys who did like the gorillas why did why did every animated scene look like a clown on lsd jacking off like i Oh, okay, well, you talked me back in. <laughs> oh, like who is who is the uh, that other lead actress, uh, the the supporting actress? Who is that? She's well known. Oh my god, it's it's somebody very famous. Give me a second, oh, it'll come to uh, me. Uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, Naomi yeah. Watts is in this, and she does not look like Naomi Watts the way that you know her. <laughs> and that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I guess I there's a. Uh, I, I well, remember let's, let's not... it's been years since I saw it. Boy, the movie is if I could the best way I could possibly put it would be irritating. It is extremely irritating. This movie is so irritating that Iggy Pop is in it. I forgot about that. I all right. Oh my god, do all the dog people look like this? Correct. Yeah. Holy that shit. That is correct. Oh god. And no, uh no. <laughs> let, let me uh let me give you let me give you our movie's introduction to Naomi Watts character. She is a mechanic working on a desert space plane of some sort I'm so and tired. 
and and this guy comes up. He's like, oh, you better fix my plane by morning or I'm going to rape you. And then he leaves. And then she's just gone. And then later, she's, like, in the elevator. And the guy comes back. He's like, oh, you better do this thing I said or I'm going to rape you. And then, uh... And then Lori Petty shows up, and she's like, don't talk to my girlfriend like that, and gives her a giant Bugs Bunny smooch. And then the guy just, like, sort of shrugs and walks away. And I guess that's why they bonded, because... This I guess is you, you my can't... fight <laughs> It's... Dude, like... <laughs> Parker, I don't think you can do anything, like, mean enough to me to make me want to make you watch this movie. Yeah, even Which means, like... Within, like, a couple months, you're probably going to be watching this movie. Like, yeah, we're going to get two weeks into football season. We're all going to have the shakes by then. Okay, I, if I Dude, to... like, like legitimately, and I have seen this, so I'm not talking out of my ass, I would rather watch Repo again. <laughs> this Those movie... are strong words, and I do not wish that to word, test you on them. Here's the thing. No. I don't know which is worse. This or... What was that Rob Zombie animated movie? The Doctor whatever? God, oh, well, fuck um, you for uh, that, by the way. <laughs> I, I think forgot about it. very similar. Uh, you know, I think the worst part for me in, in Tank Girl is, is that joke that she says to Naomi Watts where she says, I can't do the voice, sorry. You gotta think about it like the first time you got laid. You just gotta say, Daddy, are you sure this is right? Thanks, guys. It's a great joke. Yeah, funny. there's a lot of that. Like, cool. it's honestly, like, you know how I said I was shocked when uh, Good Night and Good Luck ended and there was a title placard that's a directed by George Clooney? I was legitimately and genuinely shocked when this movie ended and there wasn't a title placard that said directed by Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a movie Kevin Smith has multiple posters of in his office. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah! It's fucking... Tyler Durden ass movie. <laughs> Someone who just watches Five Clubs, like, dude, fuck yeah, this is so, this is so fucking good. Let me write a movie, but it's about a strong woman, and she jokes about being raped by her dad. You know, that's oh, what's the... wrong out there, Normies? Too, too real for you? you know, Wake up! Here's a mirror. Don't like it? Here's some dog people. I, I think my my thing about this is I'm not entirely sure why this, why this became a cult hit. You know, I guess maybe it's I don't know who this man is aesthetic, but. This is the most offensive thing that anyone's ever said about people who go to Burning Man. Like, I, I think the other Alex, who is a Burning Man regular, is she a Burning Woman? I guess. I think she likes the comic book or maybe the aesthetic. I don't know if she's seen the movie. I don't want to put the evil on her yet, but I, I this movie has fans, and I'm not sure why they like it. But then again, this newest incarnation of Harley Quinn has tons of fans, and I'm not entirely sure why that. Besides sex appeal. But there's no sex appeal in Tank Girl either. She's not a sexy character. She's not even pretty. Sorry, Lord. But I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read some quotes to Parker. Okay. Let's Fuck. Parker, you should hear these. They're really good. Uh, Chris already got one of them out of the way. Look, if you want to torture me, spank me, lick me, do it. But if this poetry shit continues, shoot me now, please. That's, that's fun. Parker, she does yeah, you know, Never heard that joke in a movie before. Funny. Really yeah, funny. yeah, you know. Yeah, why don't you do the... the All these... Dep- uh, my God, I, you know what? I don't want to read any more quotes. <laughs> oh, wait, can I read some of the trivia? Because some of the trivia is really good. No. And, no, the, you, I think you'll like this. Ice-T recalled one interview on a hip-hop show where the host made fun of him for doing Tank Girl. He replied, I was paid $800,000 for that movie. The host moved on. 
<laughs> MGM... That is not enough money to put on that costume. Okay, so Jesus. this I did not know. MGM insisted on cutting a scene of Tank Girl and her kangaroo boyfriend, Booga, reclining after sex, despite spending $5,000 on a prosthetic penis for Booga. We almost had it in there, guys. This was almost a good movie. Five... Th- okay. Oh, but, okay. okay, so maybe it was almost good. Like I said, it was based on like a comic book. The original uh, guys who made the comic book didn't like the movie. No no wonder. They were like, the script was lousy. I, we kept rewriting it, and we put in Benny Hill jokes, and they just weren't getting it. So this movie could have been worse. <laughs> you guys just don't get it. <laughs> you don't get what makes Tank Girl Tank Girl. <laughs> yeah, I guess right. not, man. You know what? I, I lied. I'm going to read Parker one more quote. Oh, boy. Fuck. Damn it. That cut looks painful. I like pain. What else do you like? Hot oil. Vacuum attachments. Yup. Hey, which of you gorgeous guys would like an oil change? Hmm. And then... And then she breaks a guy's neck with her thighs. (laughs) (laughs) This is, like, literally the shittiest movie I've ever seen. This is the most wretched thing I've ever heard in my life. I I think it's so much worse when you realize that people like it. I really do. It's like, what do you people see in this? Because it's not even like the repo thing. The repo thing is like, I get it. You guys are like theater rejects, you know? But this, I I don't get it. Yeah, like, like I understand people that don't like musicals. Like, even like Repo. Repo's a bad musical, but like, even bad musicals at least have like a couple moments that are like, okay, I see why you decided to make this. Like this, I just... Dude. Dude. I I don't get the fandom. (laughs) But Parker will. Parker, you can talk about whatever you want now, because I'm just, I'm upset. I don't want to think about this movie ever again. Let me try and cheer myself up now. (laughs) I didn't even see it, and so it's just a real bummer hearing about it. Yeah. So, Alex, uh, last week, I was going to talk about Species 2, but you were not there. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, this is an episode of the near future. Let me lay down some quick groundwork for you, Chris. Uh, Species 2 begins with... A spaceship with the first people to ever land on Mars and they get attacked by a weird black goo and they bring it to Earth with them, which is also Venom's origin story, but that's not important. What's important is <laughs> that all three of them are infected and in the first scene, one of the dudes has sex with a woman and the alien immediately impregnates her and rips itself through her stomach oh. in the first act of this movie. So that's what we're dealing with. Okay. We recruit, like, oh my god, like, these people, like, if they have sex, they will just keep creating these alien babies that will wipe out the human race. We need to go get Michael Madsen. So they show up at Michael Madsen's house, like, hey man, you're the only person that came back from the last movie, we need your help fighting these aliens. And Michael Madsen says, out loud, in front of God and everyone, they can fuck the human race into extinction. (laughs) Which is... Might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in a movie. Specifically coming from his voice. Jeez. There's. I don't. Honestly, I don't want to say much about it because, like, there's so much for us to talk about. It is one of the most bonkers things. Like, the entire movie is just these people with aliens inside them fucking things and then aliens spurting out of them. And also, like, the third act has the two of them in their HR geiger alien forms just raw dogging each other everyone who made this movie should be in prison like there are sex (laughs) crimes all of these people's past are just the entire second act is one dude just 
just on a dick slinging warpath like prostitutes strippers like and ever they're, they're tailing them everywhere they go they just show up at a whorehouse and it's like oh there's a woman with her chest ripped open there's aliens out here somewhere <laughs> like and then the the alien from the first movie who's not the same person but don't worry about it we found out is telepathically linked to him so she'll just be sitting there all chill and then she'll just start getting all hot and bothered because telepathically she could just feel him laying pipe on people it is the horniest thing I've ever seen and it's also disgusting because <laughs> the crux of this movie is that they were all in space for like 11 months so, and they have a 10 day <laughs> sex quarantine now that they're back home and they're on day 9 and a half so if they don't stop these people before like the stroke of midnight from fucking they're just going to go on a rampage because they're all horned up from almost a year of not coming <laughs> it is <laughs> it is intense so yeah, that is. There's there's some stuff to talk about. We we'll, okay. that'll be in our future That's when we all. One. We should probably make a Google Doc. Or by by like November, I, we're all still in quarantine. and We're all just getting soon. so. Oh horny. good, this is the, the last movie this guy ever directed. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, it's probably it's. It is. There's nothing. So. There's nothing more uh, more encouraging on an IMDb than like seeing it's the last movie someone directed and then just nothing but one episode of TV shows for the next two <laughs> yeah. years. It's a real thanks, but no thanks. You're in director jail, and you're not getting out. It's the reverse. It is. Oh God Almighty! Truly one of the slimiest, horniest movies I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I will skip a couple things because we're already almost at the hour mark. False. No, keep going. I want to hear whatever you want. Whatever you think is worth. We need to. I need to get the taste of Tank Girl out of my mouth. Please keep talking. (laughs) Well, I finally watched The Invisible Man from this year. It is really good. Like, I really, really, really dug it. A lot. And that takes a lot for me to really dig a two-hour horror movie. Because as you know, when a horror movie hits minute 91, it better earn it for me, or else I'm going to fucking hate it. Pretty but much. I that was like really the problem with Amityville Horror. God, that movie is... It's still on. It's still going. <laughs> They're still just in that goddamn house. That is the Amityville Horror. Oh, yeah. Chris, you had no interest in this movie, if I remember correctly. Correct. I was almost against seeing it because I didn't like the idea of remaking a classic. But from everything I've heard, it's a lot better than the original version. Because I remember you saying, which I agree, that it sounds really stupid when she like, he tried to turn himself invisible. That is the dumbest line I think but, I've ever heard in my life. He found a way to turn but, himself invisible. But here's the thing. So like, the whole yeah. her thing. So she's been in the relationship with this dude, and he is just like the poster boy for like just complete manipulation and gaslighting and mental abuse like tells her what to wear what to eat when she can go where she can go who she can talk to like just fucking broke her brain basically and she she escapes like she gets out to and she like the whole first act is right trying to recover like she goes to get the mail sees someone jogging towards her and freaks out and runs back in the house like he did a number on her and then like 10 minutes later like hey uh can you come up here we need to talk to you yeah, so uh, he killed himself. Uh, all of his money's yours. So as far as everyone knows in the world, he's dead. And then she starts getting terrorized. So, like, she's supposed to sound silly because she's supposed to look and sound both insane and also mostly broken. So in context, that scene is not nearly as shitty as it sounds. Because in the trailer, it's like, well, that's a clumsy trailer line. Yeah, you know, but the at that way point, that you like, uh, set it up with context, it actually sounds good. Because at that point, like, she's got, like, her sister and, like, a couple friends. Because obviously he's the kind of person that would just cut her off from the outside world. So she already has no one, and things are already starting to escalate. 
and she's losing their trust already. She looks like she hasn't slept in like five days. It is, man, it's really good. There's so many great scenes because it's a movie called The Invisible Man. You know there's going to be an invisible person. Where before things even start happening, we'll just let the camera just hang in this room for an extra three seconds before we cut away. Maybe something will happen. Fuck you, you'll see. And then there's finally that payoff that, oh my god, it's just... Lee Winnell's real good at making movies, and he hasn't made a lot. Which leads me to, I finally rewatch Upgrade, because I hadn't seen it oh since boy. the Fuck first yeah, time I saw it. Chris needs to watch Upgrade. Okay, <laughs> so, how has Chris not seen Upgrade? I, I so fucking like we did an episode on it. How did we not do it? I wish. We I mean, spent a lot of time talking about it, yeah. Parker and I. But yeah, th That was a back-to-back. -back. It was Invisible Man, and it was like, that was really fucking good. We should watch Upgrade again, <laughs> and then just immediately yeah. put it on, like... It is both those movies together are real fucking good. Mm -hmm. I think you will legitimately enjoy both of them. I'll, I'll get to them for different yeah. reasons. Like Invisible Man has like I almost want you to watch it just because there's a scene that I don't want to ruin, but it's all I want to talk about. It is just such a perfect like oh shit okay the movie's hat like this is happening now <laughs> like everything things are picking up because there's always that thing in like haunted house movies for example where it's like. Okay, it's going to start escalating. Oh, this door slammed. That's crazy. Next night. It's not to that level of monotony, but like, you know, it's like slowly ratcheting up. Yeah. It's very clear someone's fucking with her. And then it reaches a point you're like, oh shit, we're at the no turning back point. Like, okay, things are popping off now. And that's, there's still a lot of movie left after that. It is a very good, very sudden shocking scene. It is chef's kiss. So what I keep hearing is that it's probably the best movie of 2020 so far. Considering that movies are basically cancelled for the rest of the year. I can't believe I'm it saying this. Do you think be. it has a shot at the Oscar? <laughs> I mean, fucking Sonic the Hedgehog has a shot at the Oscars yeah. right now. <laughs> Actually, wait, wait. Okay, guys, we have to pull... Sonic is like the second highest grossing no, movie no, right no, now. We have to pull all of our energy for the spirit bomb that is Bloodshot. <laughs> best visual uh, effects. It's got my vote. If they... No. If, if enough voters die, they give me a ballot. Like, you know where it's Best going. Best adapted screenplay for he's overclocking his nanites. It's, it's, it's happening. Best supporting actor, Guy Pearce. I, I, might, <laughs> I might actually watch that Academy Awards show. Uh, skip all the parts where they like mourn all the people who died from coronavirus. But, man, it's... they have to give out awards to Bloodshot. Or, wait, what if they cancel it because they don't want to give an award to Bloodshot? <laughs> Vin Diesel accepting best actor in his sleeveless tuxedo. Such it'll a be it'll be so funny if we're like six months past this and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna cancel the awards. I, I know like, they no. will because they don't want to give Bloodshot the award, and I will mount a petition. Release the Bloodshot cut, you fucking cowards! <laughs> give them the awards. Do you guys have any idea how mad I am that they were smart enough to postpone the Bond movie, and that I can't just be watching that in quarantine right now? Do you know how mad I am that they postponed it to be right in front of Godzilla vs. Kong, ensuring it makes no money? <laughs> Not fair. This is dog shit. I'm so irritated. They should really move Godzilla vs. Kong up. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, just... put that the first weekend after the quarantine ends. Oh my god. You know, it'll be a packed fucking house. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm Get the shakes just thinking about them. I have to start pacing around the room to call like, them. Like, like literally, just just make the reels now. Send them out to all the theaters and just wait and be like, "Hey, the week after the world opens, play this movie." Oh, just do like from the fucking Cloverfield paradox game. I like, hey, here's a trailer. By the way, after the Super Bowl, you can watch it. And just be like, hey, cool. Uh, AMC's open its doors. You want to go see Monsters Punch? And then I'll just die in that moment. Right. That's it. That's like that's like the one situation ever where I just willingly sit in like the second row of a movie theater. 
Like, oh, I mean, I'm, just a packed house. People have been just craving. Oh my god! Like honestly, like the day the movie theater opens, I don't care what's playing. I'm going to go. But if something good is playing, like fuck. yeah, that would be great. I don't want to see Mulan, but God, I miss I miss the popcorn. You know, I miss it's it so a baked much. pretzel, dude. With a ch- oh man! I will sit there, Mulan. I'll watch ten minutes ago. Nah, and then you should go walk into a different theater. <laughs> I'll go to the <laughs> when does she eat the bat? <laughs> oh god, you know how many reviews are going to have that in there now? It's like, oh, look at my edgy joke. Yeah, so, I know. That's why I said going to get it from It's, it's, it's going to be awful. Up. There we go. I'll get this episode out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am the infection point of racism. God bless. Parker, what else did you want? Let's see. I'll do a couple more here. So, last week I watched Mad Max again. So this week, of course, I watched The Road Warrior. And what I did is, for the entire runtime, I just kept reminding myself, you know, time is a funny thing. You know, thing of like, oh yeah, 2000, that was like, what, 10 years? Oh god. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Shut up. I just kept repeating myself, this movie is almost 40 fucking years old. It's insane to me. Like, my brain cannot parse that this movie is 40 years old. It is this good, this kinetic, this... That no one died is oh, they almost impossible. Oh, they real close. You know that one shot, right? The guy flying off the bike? Yes. That's, uh, like, people oh. died filming, like, the fucking last <laughs> Resident Evil movie. And no one died on this set where they just threw cars at each other. That... God, what a good fucking movie. And it, it works great as, even for the story, too. Like, I care about the characters. I want to see what they're going to do, you know? I had seen it once forever ago. This time I was super, like, laser-focused and paying attention. That chase? Are you fucking kidding me? Right. <laughs> like, I, Jesus Christ! It's insane! Parker, I, I really like the comparison between it and The Evil Dead. Now, we, we talked about the first Evil Dead compared with the first Mad Max, now they're awfully similar. I think The Road Warrior is also very comparable with Evil Dead 2. It's like, okay, we have the first movie, let's see where we can go with this. Let's just go exploring with what we can do with this genre. And boy, did it work! And the Road Warrior was so influential. It was the only thing it took influence from besides the first movie was, I guess, a boy and his dog, which Alex might want to watch at some point. But uh, it ended up influencing Uh-oh. so many things. That's got a young Don Johnson. So anyway, okay. it ended up. Well, okay, now we're talking. All right, you have my attention. Don yeah. Johnson getting dog pilled, you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it ended up influencing, you know, Fist of the North Star, Fallout. Uh, stuff like that and boy it works so so well i i really do love the road warrior and just reading that mel gibson was like 25 was a real sit on the balcony just think like what (laughs) what is my life could have been what the fuck is happening (laughs) he looks he already looks like he's been through some shit (laughs) he looks he is a weathered 25 he probably had them apparently he was the only one who had like an actual leather jacket on the set so everyone else was freezing and also wearing unsafe jackets that checks out i like it cannot be overstated enough that it's insane that that movie exists and that no one died and that it looks as good as it does like 40 years that's my brain can't parse it no matter how many times i repeated it myself that entire last chase, I couldn't do that now. Like, because now it would all just be like, all right, just throw some CG cars in there. Just, we'll put the desert behind them. God damn. I, George Miller turns out he's pretty good at making movies, folks. Yep. 
I know you come here for all the hot scoops, but yeah, turns out. Yep. Hey, you guys know who's not good at making movies? Uh-uh. Oh, no. Uwe Boll. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, why? The jerk of the week is both myself and also him. <laughs> <clears throat> so here's the thing about House of the Dead, folks. Oh. When I put oh. it on, I thought this was the one that had Christian Slater and Tara Reid in it. I was like... Well, this will be a silly, no, shitty that's, movie. That's, uh, it's about in 20 minutes in when I realize, oh, oh that's Alone in the yeah, Dark. That movie sucks, dude. Oh, God, you poor thing. The two recognizable actors, both of them, are Jurgen Prochnow. Jurgen. And Clint Howard. Does he have the hair? Those are the two, those are the two <laughs> names in this fucking... One of the most unwatchable things I've ever seen in my life. It like, I don't know if I want to compare it to Tank Girl. I don't know if my body could take that. Just, but just know, I think this is almost worse because you know, like, there's literally no thought put into it. It's just make it, and then if it doesn't make money, he makes money. So like, there's literally no affection for anything. It's just the most cynical unwatchably boring piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. No, trust me, I understand because that's every Uve Bull movie. Yeah, I, Chris, next time you see Josh, ask him about a th- assault on Wall Street. <laughs> I, I will do that. I think maybe we could have a quick aside about Uve Bull, although I think everyone more or less knows who this individual is. I'd like to think about him in the context of all those really bad movies, and you know the ones, but I'm like, you know, like the disaster movie and uh, what a romance movie, not another date movie. Uh, epic movie, Meet the Spartans, stuff like that. Uh, I think his movies, maybe they're not as like frustrating to watch, but they're up there. They're really up there. And set aside all the games, because I actually don't think I've ever played like Blood Rain or Alone in the Dark or House of the Dead, so I don't care about the source material, but it's like the special effects are bad, the writing is really bad, the story is fucking incomprehensible for everything that he does. Is he worse than Ed Wood? I'd say yeah. Ed Wood cared. Yes. Yeah, because, like, here's the thing. I did a tiny bit of research into this. So I found out uh, our good friend Mr. Bold did not write this. So, like, I don't know if the original script was good. It couldn't have been worse than this. But our good friend Mr. Bold, he's hired. There's, like, a whole setup for, you know, everything on the island. Because, by the way, it's called House of the Dead. It's on an island. Go fuck yourself. All that's just cut out and replaced by a voiceover with the most monotone voice you can imagine. Um, almost all of the dialogue in the movie was completely thrown out, and he just told them to ad-lib. So, like, the entire second half of the movie is just these dead-eyed, mid-twenties people pretending to be raving teenagers you've never seen before. Just ad-libbing. Uh, you just flat-out didn't shoot the end of the movie. Just fuck it. We'll just end it here. Uh, zero reshoots. They just shot what they shot, and then that was it. And then tons of scenes had to get thrown out because he d- wouldn't get coverage. So they'd go to do the continuity and like, all right, well, the, the colors don't match. We can't use this fucking scene. All right, toss it. And that's how this movie got made. Like, just the most cynical setup two cameras, shoot, just say whatever. All right, next scene. All right, we'll have a zombie here. And boy, boy, does it show. Because, like, it's bad as, like, the actors are bad. The scenes are bad. The action, but, like... They're trying. What can you really do? Like, even if you're a good actor, what do you do when you show up? Like, or what do I do? I just say whatever. Like, what, where do I stand? What's what are we What's doing? My in the motivation. Scene? Uh, the, 
The zombie's coming from that way. Action. What? What? Cut. Great. All right. Uh, spin the camera around him. All right. Now shoot in the air. Do the full. All right. Do the full 360. Do the full bad boy shot. Great. All right. On to the next. Set up the next scene. Like you can't make a movie like that. I mean, uh, apparently you yeah, can. Yeah, I think what he did is he took advantage of German tax loopholes, and he sure and did. He was able to pump more profit back into the profit cycle, and I know what you're thinking, Parker. Profits? Yes, you're soaking in them, and uh, <laughs> and uh, then you know his movies wouldn't make any money, and yet he was still able to keep making the movies. Which I I do not know how you get to be a somewhat big name and still make movies with him. Jurgen Brock now is a is a somewhat big name at least in Germany. Uh, Christian Slater used to be. Uh, I know that Meatloaf is in Blood Rain, so. Don't no God. no not I can't believe I called him Jurgen. I even wrote it with a Y so I wouldn't say it wrong. You said you said Jurgen now. It's I know Prochnow. I know I did. I even wrote it phonetically afterwards, but I scrolled too fast. Oh, you hate to see it. <laughs> hate to see yeah, it. Yeah, but then uh, you know all of his movies get poor reviews. Shocker. And he decided he'd challenge all his critics to a boxing to a boxing match, and then he beat the absolute ratchet out of all of them. Which uh, class act? Yeah, yeah, sounds like a cool yeah. guy. Look, I have never in my life asked for a refund. If I saw this in a theater, I would have to make a stand. Like this, the, I could not believe. I remember seeing a trailer for this. I cannot believe this was in theaters. Like I, ref, my brain will not accept. Two thousand three. That's what I thought. Uh, Parker, I think yeah. you reviewed boy. it as uh, this movie like. dares you to turn it off. It. It is. <laughs> it's every scene is like, go ahead, movie. go ahead, do it, turn it off coward fucking pussy hit stop you won't you fucking won't do it here's clint howard dressed like the fucking gorman's fisherman fuck you like god fuck you but uh i ain't a quitter oh i bet you wish you were (laughs) the opening of the movie is just a shot of like a beach that was clearly just b-roll and they're flying over with a voice going it was a nightmare so many dead people so many victims it all started a few days ago when i came here for a rave like, what the fuck am I supposed to if do? If there that? is a rave scene in this movie, I'm giving up on the list. Is there? Oh, no. Do you mean a rave in broad daylight with like 20 people dancing to public domain music <laughs> while there's a woman on stage with, with just a giant banner behind her that just says, Sega? <laughs> <laughs> oh, movies are so cool. Oh, it that is... rule. All right, next week's episode. Like,. I knew the only things I knew about this was like obviously it's directed by this fucking hack piece of shit, and then it had the video game footage spliced into it into a shootout. What I did not understand was how many times this would happen. Oh no! Because there's a shootout like in the middle of the movie, where a character will stand there, fire their gun, and it will do the bad boys full 360 all around them while they're firing in slow motion, and then it'll intersperse it with like the fucking dreamcast graphics oh, it does this for every single character <laughs> i shit you not it is a it is grinding its way tooth and nail to hit 90 minutes <laughs> that sounds every awful. single character gets a spin around while they're firing a machine gun at a some of the zombies look all right i guess like, it's the thing, it's like, some, some of the zombies look good, because, like, there's people on set trying to make a real movie that's playing in theaters. Unfortunately, the director is not. I, I kind of feel like yes. I have I'm, to I'm, see I'm going to be real, though. This sounds way better than Tank Girl. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah, think that's what I, I thought, to, as I was like... I think now I have to watch this and see if it's better or worse than Tank Girl. 
Let me put it this way. When we meet our big bad zombie, because of course there's a big man. <laughs> Someone asked him, you created all this so you could be mortal. Immortal. Why? To which he responds, to live forever. <laughs> and then the scene ends. <laughs> also, the climax of the movie is a sword fight between a woman and a zombie. Does she kill anyone with her thighs? You'll have to watch and find I out. I guess they will. Are they always within 21 feet of one yeah, another? Yeah, well. <laughs> Just hanging out. <laughs> Literally in your backyard. All of the action scenes, every single action scene looks like it was filmed by someone who grew up thinking the Boondock Saints is the coolest movie ever made. Oh. It sucks. It's... Also, Parker, unrelated, check your DMs when you can. Oh, fuck. <laughs> damn it, damn it. <laughs> Boy. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> Screenshot <laughs> for, for when you get tank. Oh my god, I remember this movie. I don't. I don't. I, I have no recollection. Of this I got through about ten minutes on cable. And I was like, it's four a.m. I can do something else with my time. I'll just go to bed. <laughs> All right, moving oh my on. <laughs> god, how did you find that? We'll talk off mic. I found that. Uh... <laughs> but no, uh, that's it for me. That that movie really fucking like. Because you have in your head. It's the thing we're talking about with Smiley. It's like, oh, I'm going to find this stupid piece of shit. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to have a million things to say. It's just like 80 minutes of absolute nothing. Like, there's just gaps and gaps where I wrote down nothing. Because it's just... Nothing happens. You just... You have some fucking idiot who just threw out the script and told these people I could not pick any of them out of a lineup. Like, alright, just talk. This guy, uh, Mr. Proc now, uh, yeah, your character, uh, he has this boat... Also, uh, you funnel Cuban cigars, go. And no one tells him, like, hey, this movie takes place in Seattle. What the fuck do you mean he's from Cuba? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's just absolute incompetence, but not in a fun way. Like, it would be the shortest episode we ever did in history. So let's talk about another long movie, folks. Let's go deep into the den. Let us go into the den of thieves. All right. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. It's not often that we do an actual pretty good movie on this, uh, but I would not say a perfect movie. We do have our quibbles, and we'll get to them effect, uh, eventually. Now, this does star one Gerard Butler. Parker, I, I have to leave it in your capable hands to describe the entrance of our hero. So we get all the setup. We get like a really, really cool heist, bank robbery, and then we meet, just cut to... My girlfriend described it best. Like, he's not fat or anything. He's puffy. <laughs> yeah. he's not. He doesn't look terribly out of shape. He's not in great shape, but he's not like... He doesn't look like he'd get winded, like, chasing someone. Like, he's puffy. He's, you know... He looks like he went to hibachi last night. Yeah, yeah, he is... He has not slept off whatever he did last night. He's still feeling yeah, it. Yeah, he's like that the he's, entire movie. He's coming down. He needs a Gatorade real fucking bad. And he's just driving in his car. Big old puffy face. Chewing on something, Everlast is blaring. He might really know what it's like. <laughs> Rolls up to a house, doors are locked, sneaks in through the window. We find out he's breaking into his own house to raid the fridge. <laughs> and that is how we meet. That's his first scene. His second scene is him approaching a crime scene, seeing a dead body, Walking two feet to the right and then picking up a donut out of a box and eating it off the ground. <laughs> Correct. And no one says he anything is, about this. He has clearly done this before. 
This oh, is someone all says something in a second. <laughs> he looks like I he am... smells like shit. Like he looks like he just reeks of whiskey sweat the entire movie. I'm so ready to talk about FBI cuck. Oh, please yeah. talk about FBI cuck. This fucking guy. <laughs> Fuck going in order. The movie doesn't. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what his name is. I don't know why he's in the movie. But he exists solely in scenes to fight with Gerard Butler, like, while crimes are happening. <laughs> so this guy rolls up, sees Gerard Butler throw a donut on the ground at the crime scene, and just gets out of his car and starts screaming at Did him. Did just throw that piece of donut into the hot zone and feel like, no, it's fine, it's whatever. <laughs> hot zone. <laughs> I guess they didn't want to do, like, the, the chief who's angrily demanding that you turn over your gun and your badge, so they just had the FBI guy to come in and be like, oh, I'm in the FBI. It's somehow a worse cliche, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm vegan. You're like, oh, word? What kind of movie <laughs> yeah. are we watching here, folks? Yeah. This can take a turn. Uh, I was wondering, maybe it's a Gerard we just, Butler uh, movie. We know it's for dads. Should we just describe the plot now? I don't think we need to describe the plot necessarily as we go. Uh, Alex, do you want to do it? you want me to, to take it? I can, but it's going to be very brief, because despite being almost three hours long, this movie does not have a lot of plot. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty simple uh, So, So Gerard Butler and his crew of cops are like some sort of like, are they supposed to be undercover or are they just badasses? It's unclear. The answer, yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But but they have, it's like Gerard Butler and a bunch of dudes with neck tattoos are like the cops. And then... Uh, one of the dudes from 12 Strong and a bunch of other guys with neck tattoos are the bank robbers. But they're, like, good at robbing banks. Like, think, uh, think, like, Robert De Niro in Heat, except, like, way stupider. Like, not, like, stupider in terms of, like, bank robbing intellect, just stupider characters. Let me, um, let me help you guys at home real quick. So, for both the cops and the robbers, let's say, just close your eyes and imagine that every single one of these people has a truck with a Punisher logo with the blue line down the middle. That's what they all look like, 100%. All Blue Lives Matter guys. Like, all legitimately, love firing assault rifles. Conor McGregor could have played all but two people in this movie. I bet he you almost did. I know there's a number of UFC fighters it's, in this. It's shocking that Conor McGregor's not in this movie, honestly. He must have asked for too much money. Unlike our boy him. 50 Cent, who asked for apparently just the right amount of money to be in a whole lot yeah, of Yeah, uh, let's say, uh, let's get our brief aside about uh, 50 Cent in this movie. Every single time that I see him in this, I'm like, Oh, hey, Fifty's in here. Even though I've already seen him for like two and a half hours in the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot he's in this. He's, he's just a normal guy. There's, no, there's nothing in there that's like the distinctive 50 quality about him. He's just in the movie. He, well, he does, ha he does have maybe the best scene in the movie, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, going away from the best scenes in the movie, we should also mention that Gerard Butler has a wife or had a wife. And... Uh, they do the thing that they do in almost all these cop movies. It's just like he has a strained relationship with his family, and you know it's really tough on them. It's tough being a cop because you're never home, and you're texting, "Yeah, you a bad bitch. That was hot to strippers." But he accidentally said it to your wife, "Oh no!" So uh, they do that a lot in these movies. And ordinarily, at first when they were doing it, I'm like, "It's important that they show this because it's important that you show that side of cops, and maybe that explains his mental state." Boy, you forget about all of that at about. 30 minutes into the movie and whatever as soon as they're done with you like forget the, about it the the school scene right you forget about it until the movie reminds you of it which it yeah. repeatedly so does so there's way too like, much of it in the movie. i can't cut I, it out i cannot stress enough 
how much of a heat ripoff this movie is. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> because, this like, is obviously they, if this, you're is them, steal, this is them trying to do the Al Pacino subplots of heat, you know, with, like, his daughter, Natalie Portman, and, you know, his wife, who is fucking that guy whose name I can't remember, who Al Pacino does the, the classic Al Pacino yell at for sitting on his furniture. Like, <laughs> rip that TV out yeah, of the room. It's, like, like, see, when it's done with, like, real actors of quality, it's really good. But when it's Gerard Butler and some lady I haven't heard of just, like, screaming at each other and, like, place laughing, it's, like... I don't understand why this is here, but also I'm kind of happy it's here, because this movie just needs all the characterization. Well, that's I a good point. Every I time, literally, <laughs> this ahead. movie is so fucking grimy. Like it is. This is like you'll pulpy. see like a solid two or three scenes, like a couple scenes of like them playing their big heist, and they'll come back to Gerard Butler and Ryan and do like, oh no, he fucking sucks. He's a piece of shit. Like don't get it twisted. <laughs> he is not the hero of this movie. Yeah, like you want to follow him maybe, but you are not necessarily on his side. You kind of just want to see where things are going to go. That's not a bad thing. I in fact, this movie's kind of fun to watch so uh anyway yeah there's gonna be a bank heist and they steal the the armored vehicle and stuff so they can transfer the money anyway they 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 rob they rob an empty armored car at the beginning of this movie and so like the whole thing is like the cops like why the fuck did they rob an empty armored car and blow away all these security yeah and some fucking savant working for the cops is like maybe they just got an empty one by mistake how stupid you gotta be so uh anyway they go to a, a a bar and this they pick up this one guy who was talking with all of the bad guys and uh they pick him up uh for the interrogation but before the interrogation scene parker did you recognize the guy from shazam i sure yeah did. it's I, i'm just gonna call him that guy from shazam so i i like that guy sinbad he's a big guy he's a uh, one of the big guys i heard it yeah <laughs> It's green egg and hammer. Anyway, so during the interrogation scene, uh, why, why is there a bunch why is of Rob Thomas at this wh- interrogation? Why are there a bunch of prostitutes around? Because it's a grimy ass movie. Chris. About they just it. have a whole bunch of prostitutes around. What are they going to ask him questions too? You know they might. They end up playing a bigger role in this movie than you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I have to admit, I would confess everything if I was the bartender of that scene just to get Gerard Butler to get away from me. Because <laughs> I just love that they keep making fun of him for pissing his pants. <laughs> like you're like, okay, it's the classic intimidation scene. He gets up close to him, asks him again, he's like, I don't know, and then just puts him in a chokehold until he drools on himself. <laughs> fucking love Gerard Butler. I mean, that's not even the problem. The problem is you look at Gerard Butler, he looks like he smells. I'd be like, okay, I will cut a deal. I'll tell you every single thing I've ever done in my life. Just get him six feet away from me. He smells like onions. He has to smell like an ashtray the entire movie. (laughs) I refuse to accept otherwise. Like, I would have never guessed that this is his perfect role, but he's so good as this literal human greaseball. It must have been really hard for him to make this movie without bathing even once. Like, not not to jump ahead, but, like, on one hand, it's insane that this is getting a sequel. And on the this other hand, I'm so ready to watch two and a half more hours. I, was, like, I can't believe this is the only thing this dude's ever directed. Yeah! And that his writing credit was London Has Fallen, the not good one. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, like, man. Hey, I like, the, I like what you did with that movie. What's that? You have a three-hour heat ripoff? Yeah, I'll be right there. I have to gain how much weight? Sick. 
God. I ended up liking this uh, a lot more than I expected, mostly because there is one really good scene. I like the cross-cutting between the police talking about the potential heist and the cons talking about the potential heist. Uh, Which is also just a scene for Yeah, heat. exactly. And I, I, one of the things that I've said about this is I don't like rip-offs and remakes and everything, but if you're going to rip something off, please rip off something good. Don't rip off House of the Dead or Tank Girl or something. If you're going to rip off a good movie, and he is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And they do that scene he is incredible. pretty well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with seeing just that scene over and over again. That's, that's cool for me. I, I like that. Uh and at one point, uh, the cons realized that the bartender probably uh, got interrogated. Like, oh, what, are you a cop? Are you wearing a wire? Because... God, can we talk about yeah, why I, I was, they think he got interrogated? I was going to I was gonna get to that. Uh, Alex, okay. I, no, it's your turn. Alex, you, you can go ahead. It's because it's so good. <laughs> so, bear in mind, there is no lead up to this scene. So this entire thing, we don't know if it's happening coincidentally or because of good police work. But, like, all our bad guys are at a hibachi restaurant, you know, just eating their dinner. <laughs> the entire crew of cops walks into the hibachi restaurant, sits down at another table. Midway through dinner, <laughs> Gerard Butler gets up, just starts, like, bothering this guy that they they picked up and interrogated before tell, talking about how like they used to go to the gym to, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I spotted you last week. And then like and then like keys in the leader of the gang and starts talking about I know you. You played high school football at this one high school. We were your rivals and we always kicked your ass. And also, I don't come to this restaurant for the food cuz the food is bad. I come here to pick up ass as he like eyes up the girls at the t- people and it's just it is like one of the most unhinged fucking random scenes in any movie i've ever seen in my life i don't know what his angle is i don't know what this is supposed to accomplish it's just like hey guys i'm a cop and i'm gonna piss you off at this hibachi restaurant for no reason So if i could talk again about if you're gonna rip off something rip off something good this movie in that scene is ripping off the emperor's new groove where Pacha and Kronk are in that restaurant. I was like, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? Wrestled you in high school. <laughs> this show is a disaster. <laughs> it really is. I don't know how to parse what just happened. <laughs> Dinner Thieves, you know, it takes a lot from heat, but also uh, the classic David Spade animated comedy. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Parker, could you go for some hibachi right now? I know I could. But just for the ass. I would do it. Oh, of course. I would the pay f- the Japanese chef to come to my house right oh, now dude. and just make yeah, whatever. Absolutely. He can I make will, eight servings. I'll, I'll eat them do, all. Like, do fine. like the volcano with the onions and everything. We'll get to that. Anyway, I'm willing to do a majority of the seven deadly sins right now. Yeah. Some orange chicken. But yeah, Betty Hanna up in this bitch. <laughs> One of my favorite pictures I've ever seen. So, uh... Would we Could call you that... imagine Gerard Butler just confronting you and accusing you of playing high school football? <laughs> yeah, we played you like what? You're 20 years older than yeah. me. Yeah, we kicked the shit out of you. There's a lot of hot ass around here. Like, bro, I'm with my family. He looks about <laughs> 55 and like trash alien years, and uh, he looks uh, significantly older than the uh, the con who. I guess they're like a group of like spec ops marines or something like that. And uh, one of the things that they say earlier in the movie, and I might be misquoting this because I didn't write it down. I just sort of remember it's like there's only one passport on the streets, uh, sports or uh, military. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely a line that is said. Yeah, which uh, 
Probably also, accurate. also, Chris, we we here we prefer the term tier one operators. Whatever. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, they go to the gun range and. Uh, oh my god! This I fucking forgot about this oh. scene. This scene is almost as fucking ridiculous. This, <laughs> it's we gotta talk about the, the gun most range scene here. Absurd dick measuring contest I've ever seen. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> like you like any other movie. You'd be like, what? Cut that! That's stupid. But this one's like, nah, fuck this. We got that Q1 release. No one's no one cares. <laughs> Leave it in, baby. Yeah. So the main bad guy is at the gun range and he's firing his gun and our our excellent. One of a kind cop Gerard Butler comes in, and I'm pretty sure they make eye contact or something. They know each other is there, so the main he starts firing his gun. He starts firing his gun, and the main bad guy walks away. And wow, all of his shots were dead center. It just kind of makes me think to they know each other is there. They know that uh, oh, he knows that I'm watching him, and I know that he's watching me, and that's where I think. I don't think cops work like that. I don't. I don't think it's like because it almost feels like a fast. Of, you know how else cops don't work? Well, that hibachi scene. <laughs> that, that's one of the ones. It's like it. This doesn't feel like the way that cops work. It almost feels like to. So so after uh, they're about to torture that one guy, the bartender, because they're like, "Oh, where's your wire? Are you a cop?" That sort of thing. He's like, "No, I didn't tell him anything." And he says, "Oh my he god." He says, "Tell the guy it's going to be on Friday." He doesn't say where, but it, it kind of feels almost like a Fast and the Furious. Thing. It's like. No, I want him in the race. I'll slow down so he can catch up and we have to race at the end. You are bearing the lead. They walk him in that room and there's just a guy just dumping acid in a barrel drum like fucking Cloverfield Lane. The guy from Shazam. <laughs> He's just sitting there stirring acid. I can't believe I didn't recognize Sinbad. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna turn him into uh, the boiling acid guy from Batman Forever. Oh no! <laughs> turn him into the grandma from Dante's Peak. <laughs> Poor Not fucking ice cubes on like get out of the car. He takes two steps, sees that fat dude's like. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> this is it. Huh? I, I was really expecting a boiling acid scene. I thought, oh shit, this is going to turn into bone tomahawk levels of gore pretty soon here. But uh... Oh no! <laughs> Not boiling acid! My glasses! <laughs> Fucking movie. I might watch the first five minutes of it and then turn it off just for that guy. Alright, so uh, I guess we should talk about the acting, really. Um... So, there is only one performance that I'll really remember from all this, and it is, in fact, Gerard Butler. Uh, Correct. Smells. <laughs> and you can just spell him through the screen. And it works. It works in the context of the movie. It's very pulpy. It works in its own context, but it's a very specific performance. And if you're not into this sort of thing, oh, watch it anyway. But every single other performance is just sufficient. They're just, they are reading their lines the way they ought to be read, and they're they're good enough, but there's no one here who's really giving that extra level or something. You know, I guess this sort of needed a Christopher Walken somewhere in here. There is there is one character that's giving the extra well, level. I feel like this is the point at which we should talk about the scene where Gerard Butler walks into his wife's house with the divorce papers. Oh. <laughs> Another scene <laughs> that in the other movie would be cut, but again, this is a mid-January release. Fuck it, just leave it and in there. I'm Who happy cares? that they did because even though the scene and there's really no other way to describe it keeps fucking going, I, I'm kind of yeah. happy for it. I, I have this feeling that it's kind of like Veronica, where they they never really told him cut. They're just like, yeah, just act, act, stretch. 
Like, he just flat out threatens to shoot the guy in the face, but in the half-joking, like, haha, we're just joking around. But I swear to God, I'll fucking kill you, and I'm a cop, and no one will ever believe you. You'll be dead and gone. You won't even exist. And one more thing. And then they're trying to be like, like, he threatens to murder him, and the guy just touched him. Like, don't fucking touch me. Don't fucking touch me. By the way, my name's tattooed on her ass. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, and by yeah. the way, give me a hug. Yeah, he leaves and gives up by the way. Because he's not <laughs> There's done like yet. two by the ways at least. Can you... Those are the worst guys, by the way. They're the ones who are... Oh, and one more thing. <laughs> Just fuck off. Jackie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's... That scene just keeps on going. So my thing about it is I'm not sure if it's the acting, because I think the actors are doing a good job. I, I like the way that they're reading their lines. I like the way that they're performing. I even like not Ice Cube in this. It's because the script fucking That's sucks. my thing, is that like there's really no way that they even progress the characters. The characters don't grow in any way. In fact, we talk about... These are not yeah, characters. Yeah, I know, that's my thing. Like, they're I, not. I want to put this here. It's like we talk about character growth has to happen in... in these sorts of movies. Gerard Butler's character shrinks. He really does. Because <laughs> initially he has like a family and this oh he's losing the family and oh that's really bad. Well how's it, what's gonna happen here? They just throw to the no one cares. It's never mentioned again. Honestly, like we have watched a movie previously on this podcast that this movie reminds me a lot of, except with much better acting of course. And that movie is Cradle to the Grave. Because, like, we get all of this subplot about, like, how DMX's character is supposed to be, like, a good dad and this and that. But then, like, when the chips are down and the movie's actually happening, there's just none of that. Like, literally none of that. Whereas, like, this movie, like, oh, Gerard Butler's gonna go visit his kid on the playground because he's not allowed to see her for reasons. And then it's just dropped. (laughs) It's just, it just never comes up again. He's never like, oh man, you know, I can't get shot during the shootout or I'll never see my daughter again. It's just like, nope, we're just going to do cop stuff for the next hour and 15 minutes. Don't worry about it. Shows up at her school, looks through the fence like fucking Terminator 2, and then goes and cries in his car. He's like, all right, uh, let's go get our guns. It's fucking go time. See, that's the thing is, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we can certainly compare it with Geostorm. Geostorm had characters. I didn't like most of them, but those were characters, except for uh, the ones. That was not a character. But this, you're right, these are not even characters, except maybe FBI cook. Maybe I can stretch that far as that. But everyone else might as well be cop A, cop B, cop C, con A, con B, con C. These, yeah. Like, ignoring ignoring the fact that I don't know anybody's names except for Big Nick O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> like, Perfect ig- name, Ignoring by the that way. fact... I, I took very few notes on this movie because I had seen it a couple times before, but one of them was, and I wrote down the timestamp, which was an hour and 35 minutes. I have no idea who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Like, Correct. And it's not like these are complicated characters where, like, no, oh, they have good and bad, and you don't know who's really the good guys here. It's like, no, these characters are completely wooden. I know nothing about yeah, them. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, is like I know Gerard Butler's a piece of shit and nothing else about this movie. That's the thing. Is like None of the characters are even, like, unlikable. They're just not characters you know there's nothing was right, like oh there. he's just like irritated nothing the characters aren't annoying they, they just don't do or say very much and i can understand how does just... this movie not have an annoying character like how is there not an annoying cop or like the annoying like fifth guy in the robber crew right like, they're just it's insane that's that's the thing they forgot to have where, a where scene where he's Arnold like oh, i gotta movie. get this money for my daughter's fucking brain surgery or some shit it's like now we're gonna get 30 million dollars and we're all gonna leave that's, yeah, there's yeah. it. That's our plan. That's us. I mean, 
Hi, I'm a Spec Ops guy. Hi, I'm a Spec Ops guy. But I'm 50 Cent. That's how you'll know who I am. Yeah, I'm not saying that they had to go, was like, oh, the government doesn't care about us, and what about the VW, and we're not getting funded for anything. But give me oh something. God, they should have done it, the Rock thing. They but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I will not give that order. Man, next I mean, bring, up the, bring up the military aspect for a second here. I understand during the bank robbery, when that sort of thing happens, that they're very militaristic. He's very serious. He's very curt. His answers are very short and everything with his instructions. I get it. I understand it. But an eyebrow twitch, something. You have to give me something for this character to make him into a character. Otherwise, he's just the big bad guy. He's not even big. He's just bad. So, like, this is one of the weirdest, most paradoxical things about the movie. Because no one's a character, it's just sort of okay. It's not like he's wooden and his crew are all, like, very animated. Because every single fucking person in this movie is wooden, it works. It's so weird to say, because it shouldn't work that way. But it does in this case. Like... It doesn't fucking matter that no one's a character because, like, they're just going through the motions of the plot and you're fine with that because there's nobody, there's nobody scene stealing, there's nobody chewing scenery, there's no fucking just Al Pacino yelling at people in this movie. It's just everyone's just there. That's the thing is that, like, ordinarily when I talk about a lack of characters, I, if you say it's like, I don't know who I'm rooting for, for me it's I don't know who I'm supposed to care about. If I don't care about a specific character, it doesn't matter if it's a book, if it's a movie, if it's a video game, if it's a radio drama i need to have a character that i care about and this one i can't say that i care about gerard butler but uh what i do care about is the heist i care about the job and i really want to see it happen i like the way that it's explained and when it finally gets rolling i really do like it i like what i see and that's so interesting to me where i focus more on a verb than i do on a proper noun because like the criminals like they almost don't need backstories because in my head they're the heroes in the movie just because who doesn't want to see a cool ass heist like that's exactly. what i'm here for like well i don't care what their motivation is i want to see them playing this out i want to see the intricate steps i want a couple twists and turns along the way and i want a big fucking shootout on a freeway yeah perfect that's all i need i don't care what they're gonna use the money for and i don't give a shit like, and like i think it's interesting because in a weird way despite this movie and its myriad flaws this is like the most well-planned and executed heist in a movie since Ocean's Eleven. And trust me, I've seen all the fucking heist movies. So, like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. But just, like, the level of detail and, like, oh, well, this person's gonna go here, and here's our backup plan if this happens, and then this guy's gonna be on this side, and then we're gonna have these radios and these code names, and we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna drop this, like, weird EMP thing, and then we're gonna hide it in the trash, and blah, 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 blah. It's, like so elaborate but in such an interesting way where like each part leads to another and you feel like there was real thought that yeah i think it and it wasn't just tacked yeah that's the the thing it's like i think it was really well researched i don't know if they're telling the truth about robbing the federal reserve if they if it really works the way that it does but certainly feels like they're telling the truth i'm not saying i'm gonna go try it myself but it feels so real and i really do like that i will say uh the most suspicious part of the movie is uh merriman fucking name i'm sorry that's a really stupid name uh 
The Merriman is a big bad guy, and he's uh, he's posing as a guy who drives a delivery truck, and uh, he has to just sit down and wait for all the money to, I guess, get counted and deleted and all the other stuff. At one point, he sits down and starts reading a magazine. I checked the year this came out. This came out in 2018, and the man is reading print media. I would arrest him on the spot. Come on now. That's just <laughs> it's just not a thing. I think it's just like Los Angeles Magazine, as if that is a thing. Um I, I, I don't buy that for a second. But when the heist gets going, I really like that action. I like the way that it's shot. I like the way it's developed. I like the way that it's planned. Someone wrote this very, very well. The same guy who wrote London Has Fallen. Wow. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, like, I love watching the show. Sure? Like, just yes. watching money-sorting machines as a plan is, like, narrate is like, yeah, man. Like, it's like one of my favorite yeah. part of Michael Mann movies. Like, no, we're going to get really... And you're going to watch these people dick around with this real-to-real recorder. And I'm like, fucking shower me in it. Give me more. Let me watch them sort this out. Okay, now do the brown. Okay, now watch them reset this machine. Like, yes. Yes, give me all of this. I love it so much. I did like how the wrath of cold Chinese food is almost the monkey wrench of the otherwise well-oiled machine. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, like, watching Gerard Butler. Like, you assume, like, okay, well, clearly their big plan wasn't to rob this bank but them like keeping just enough away from you and watching him figure it out in real time is so satisfying because i had i'd forgotten about it i'm leaning forward i'm like wait they're just gonna fucking sneak out of here and then like three minutes later you see him in the tunnel you're like oh fuck yeah movie let's fucking get there there's still an hour left let's go Boy, baby the shootout's pretty good too huh i love me a good shootout yeah. what are there more cops to frame this this yeah absolutely yeah, yeah no no we we should release. I think it should be a, like a legal requirement that every three months there's a new bank heist movie. Like, like they don't when have there's to be good, but just keep they, making them. When they get caught in traffic, I'll see all of them. and Merriman pulls out that gun, it's a real like, oh he, fuck! It's an immediate says, like, oh, it's two a.m. When he uh, says, "Hand me the saw," I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. fuck! <laughs> I, I felt things move. They stirred deep within me. God, it's. Every movie could use a shootout. Is all yeah, there, there's when you see them get out of that car and just start going in formation. Yeah, the buildup is like my favorite part about all like, this. Oh, is like yeah, the build where you're like, oh, I am so ready. Like you just feel the roller coaster ratcheting up to the top of that hill. And another small now, thing I, I appreciate. You... Oh, just real quick. So you know you're gonna have a big old shootout, a bunch of people. All the cops put on giant uh, bulletproof jackets that all say sheriff in giant letters, and then all the bad guys have cool masks. Thank you, yeah. movie. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's all I need. But also, like, I know you guys have both seen a lot of movies, as have I. Have you ever seen a shootout like this in such narrow, like, linear confines? Like, I thought this scene, like, I don't want to be hyperbolic when I say Like, this is, like, revolutionary to me. Of just, like, the idea of just, like, squeezing the width on the scene. And just having them have to fight down this basically long fucking tunnel. Like, I... Oh, yeah love that. I think Him, that was so well done. Merriman putting that saw on the hood of the car and shooting through the windshield is real like, I don't think I've seen this yeah, before. Yeah, a good idea. Right. And just watching them have like to shocking. weave through all these parked cars as people see cops are like, oh, fuck this, and are getting out and running out of their vehicles as things are about, oh, God. I could watch that whole scene again right I, now. I would certainly it's hope shocking that, that this English. wasn't like... Yeah, like, this wasn't somehow, like, directed by, like, a former cinematographer or something. Because that's, like, the kind of shit that you would expect a cinematographer in, like, his first time directing to do. And this is just, like, some guy that wrote London Has Fallen just doing this cool shit. And it's like, damn, good work, man. Yeah, well, speaking of writing, 
Shall we talk about the Kaiser Sosei twist? Well, one more piece of writing with the cuck FBI guy. <laughs> when, yeah. when they think the hostage gets shot and everyone's screaming and Drobart goes, nice haircut, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I laughed so hard. That's what he screams at him when they think they just got someone killed in the bank. <laughs> I forgot about it's that so- line. It's so good, man. I fucking oh, love this movie. Shit. I think. It's like, so I realized like good. halfway through, like, I think I fucking love this movie. Yeah, too. I ended yeah. up liking it, like, unironically. There's a lot of points that I really, really genuinely like. There's a lot of criticisms to be made of it. Uh, how, how do we feel about the twist? Uh, reading that this script has been around for, like, 15, 16 years makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. It definitely feels true. like something someone wrote in the mid 2000s, like, and then the whole time, it's like, okay, it was yeah, actually, I, this guy, I got it. Uh, but I didn't hate it. Also, I just watched The Usual Suspects like last week, so it hit a little uh, different. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's fair. Uh, I like the twist. I think it's fine. I, are we really going to get the diamond version of this? How dirty and grimy do you think uh, Gerard Butler is going to be in the sequel? They Here's sent my that idea money for the to, to, <laughs> Go Sorry. They sent that money to Panama City. You're telling me there's this big diamond exporting bank in fucking Panama City, <laughs> and we're going to get <laughs> Gerard Butler running around like The Rock on top of the favelas <laughs> in Fast Five? Like, <laughs> fuck yes, dude. So here's what we should do. So keep it set in London. Have Gerard Butler playing a different character, but he just uses his real Scottish accent, but he's still a grimy... Oh, yes. He's a grimy Bobby. <laughs> Well, so good news, buddy. His accent breaks through like 50 times I mean, in this that, movie. I mean, that is Gerard Butler. So they, he's already most of the way that, there. That, that happens in basically every Gerard Butler movie. He is very bad at doing it. Buddy, buddy, just wait till we do Tomb Raider. Oh, Cradle don't worry about it. I mean, I hope the sequel to this is going to be in Smell-O-Vision because... <laughs> so, uh, just, just a little sneak peek for the boys. Uh, Tomb Raider Cradle of Life, he's using his actual accent. And you need subtitles to understand him because he is incomprehensible. It's so fucking cool. We are spoiled for choice episodes. Also, they're shadow monsters. And what? It's fine. Uh, Sorry, you might cut out. You didn't say shadow monsters, did you? I might have. (laughs) As a big fan of Max Payne, I don't remember any shadow monsters. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have a big April plan oh, for you Jesus. guys. <laughs> okay. Do we have any final thoughts on Dead of Thieves? This is a movie that came out like I wasn't exaggerating. It's like January nineteenth or something. Like just dumped into the fucking graveyard, made its money back. Like good for it. No one saw it because who's gonna see a January heist movie starring Gerard Butler besides us? Disappeared, but like. It's real fucking good. Like it's this movie's had a solid cable run. Yeah, honestly. I it, hope it continues. A lot of people have, a lot more people than you think have seen this. Movie. I, I bet my dad has already seen this and been like, "Oh, you should have got me on the podcast." But uh, God, it's such a it dad. Is. Movie. It is a very this dad is movie. See the most. This is like the best best example of a current day TNT Sunday afternoon. You got about three and a half hours. It's, There's no sports on right this, now to watch. There's no baseball on. Just. Let this wash over you with commercials. It's this and the foreigner, like oh, yeah, 
I think the one of the things that has to be you know said about this is I it is even with all its myriad flaws it's still eminently watchable and in a very good way i think about it like this i mean i obviously there's no characterization and jerobo is as grimy as ever but one of the biggest problems with the movie is it has no thesis the movie is not really trying to say anything it's just like oh we just made a heist here but i will say that shot of the bartender donning or whatever him walking out with all those bags of money underneath his arms into the forest, into the hidden grotto, delivering at the foot of the cave. That is exactly what I was hoping for. I can't wait for Bigfoot to be in the sequel. And that's the tea, sis. 